The sermon text this morning is from Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 1. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Here ends the reading. Today, we're starting a new sermon series called Touring Galatians. We're taking kind of a summer tour of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Christians in Galatia over the next six weeks. Paul, also known as Saul, was once a zealous Pharisee who persecuted Christians by having them arrested, beaten, and even killed. But on the road to Damascus, where, Paul, where Saul planned to arrest more Christians, the risen Jesus confronted Saul and changed his life. Saul went from being a persecutor of the church to being a church planter. Saul, or Paul, became an apostle, which means someone who is sent. He traveled all over the world, telling people about Jesus and starting house churches. From time to time, Paul wrote letters to those churches to check in with people, to encourage, and to correct them. He wrote this letter to Christians in Galatia. This is a map of the Mediterranean Sea, and the area of Galatia is now about where today's modern-day country of Turkey is in Asia Minor. As you heard, Paul did something surprising in the beginning of this letter. Usually, in those days, when you wrote a letter to someone, you put who it was from, who it was to, then had a greeting or prayer, and then an extended prayer of thanksgiving to God, praising the recipients, thanking God for all the things that you saw God doing in their lives. For example, when Paul wrote his letter to the Philippians, 
he had this to say to them. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So it's overflowing with thanksgiving and gratitude for what he saw God doing in the hearts of those people. But when Paul wrote his letter to the Galatians, he started out fairly normally. Paul, an apostle, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you. But then he completely skipped any words of praise for his hearers. Instead, he launched straight into a rebuke. He said this, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Why was Paul so angry? Why did he rebuke his old friends so strongly? Something was happening in the Galatian churches that needed to be confronted head on. The heart of the gospel was at stake. So what was going on in Galatia? Paul had heard that a different gospel was being preached. Some Jewish Christians had come to town and were telling people that in order to be real Christians, they needed to be circumcised and obey the law of Moses. They had to become observant Jews to be Christian. In Acts 15, the same thing happened while Paul was in Antioch. Some Jewish Christians from Jerusalem came and said, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. You're essentially saying, you've put your trust in Jesus? That's a great first step. Now here's what you need to do next. Paul didn't tell you everything. Guys, you need to have a little surgery to show that you're part of God's team. Then we've got some rules for you to follow. 653 of them, to be exact. Now, why would circumcision and following the law of Moses have been appealing to these Gentile believers? Why would Gentiles want to become Jewish? Well, first of all, it would, it would link them to God's people. Circumcision was a sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham. It was a, a physical way of showing their true devotion to God. And it would also be a way of obeying God's commandments to Israel. You know, by following the commandments, they would have these rules to live by, a way of life that was all laid out in black and white. Here's what's expected of you. But Paul saw that message as a false gospel, perverting the gospel of Christ. Even though he had been an observant Jew his whole life and had been so zealous for the traditions of his ancestors, 
Now, something had changed in him. And he said, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Paul thought that the entire gospel, the good news of Jesus only, was at stake. If being Christian is about Jesus and circumcision, Jesus and following the law of Moses, Jesus and anything else, then it's not just about what God is doing through Jesus. It's ultimately about us and the things that we do. The same false gospel, the same lie, gets whispered into our ears today. You hear, if you want to be a real Christian, then you have to do these particular things. You have to dress and act and talk and think like us. God will love you if you fill in the blank. When we listen to that lie, we either get anxious or self-righteous about our faith. We worry that we aren't doing enough for God to love us. Or we pat ourselves on the back thinking, what a good Christian I am. Just look at all the things I'm doing. Like the rest of the world, we try to make faith into one of our pet projects. You ever notice that in bookstores, the religion and spirituality section tends to be right next to the self-help section? (laughs) So often, we turn Christianity into a religion rather than a relationship. You see, a religion is a code of conduct or rituals or spiritual practices that people use to try to impress or climb up to God, try to get to heaven, try to achieve enlightenment or become one with the universe. Are we sometimes guilty of trying to use prayer and worship and Bible study and good works to get God to give us what we want? It's almost like we treat God like some uh, divine uh, gumball machine in the sky. You put in these particular things, pull the lever, and you get what you want. Whether we want health, success, a feeling of peace, or a ticket to heaven, if we are trying to manipulate God, we have turned our relationship with Christ into a religion. Today, a lot of people say that they're spiritual but not religious. They usually mean that they don't want to be part of an organized religion. They want to explore lots of different spiritual experiences and find whatever works for them. A little Zen meditation, a few verses from the Bible or the Koran, a pilgrimage to Tibet or the Vatican or a favorite place on the lake they end up with kind of a a Mr. Potato Head God, that they can swap pieces around and try different combinations. 
the gospel according to Hollywood seems to be, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you really believe it. The problem with making faith or spirituality our project is then it all depends on us rather than God. It leaves us with no certainty. We start wondering, am I doing the right things? How much is enough? How will I know that God is for me? Later on in Galatians, Paul argues that when we try to set ourselves right with God, we cut ourselves off from God's grace. We can't make being Christian about Jesus and something else. Throughout his letter, Paul says it's all about Jesus. It's not about us and our efforts. It's about God's love poured out to the world through Jesus. You see, God's love isn't something that we can buy or earn. It's not something that we deserve or achieve. God's love, like all good things, is a gift. The Greek word that Paul uses for grace, charis, literally means gift. If you if you try to pay someone for a gift that they've given you, somehow it cheapens the gift. It dishonors the gift giver. God's gift of love is good news, gospel. The word that Paul uses for gospel is euangelion, literally good message. It's where we get the word evangelical. When Paul preached the gospel, he was announcing the good news about Jesus. Interestingly, the word euangelion wasn't first used to talk about the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They hadn't been written down yet. The word was most, the word was most often used in Roman propaganda to talk about the emperor's military victories. Good news! Rome is now in charge of northern Africa. Proclaim glad tidings. Caesar is Lord and God. He brings peace to all the earth. Against all the empire's propaganda, the early Christians dared to proclaim Jesus is Lord, not Caesar. The real good news is that God has taken control of the world and begun to reign. The false gospel that Paul confronts in Galatians is not a gospel or good news at all. It's just the same old, same old slavery to the law. The real good news is not about what we have to do to get to heaven. It's about how heaven has come to earth in Jesus Christ. Paul begins his letter by saying, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. Jesus suffered 
to set us free from our slavery to sin. He died to free us from our rebellion against God. He rose again to extend God's gracious reign over all the earth. Jesus' death and resurrection changes everything. Don't go back to slavery, Paul urges us. Live in the freedom of God's grace. Here's the good news. God loves you. Jesus has rescued you so that you can serve Him by loving others. Anything else is a false gospel.